Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your New Year's Eve. Reminder, Ute pregame starts at 4.30. Hans and Frank will take you up to kick at 5.30. And then uh, the Big Show will jump back in and uh, take you to our normal 7 o'clock. So, of course, the Alamo Bowl going on in San Antonio. We're going to talk to PK coming up here momentarily. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of uh, bowl games, real quick, just an update. Uh, the Pac-12 got a win today, Gordon, in the Sun Bowl. Arizona State pulls out a win over Florida State 20-14. to And they, they should win that game, I think. Florida State is is not is not good, but I think Arizona State, and I I almost hate to say this considering we're going to talk to PK here momentarily, but yeah. they're they're on the rise. Herm is Herm is doing a good job there, and and I'll be the first to admit I didn't think he would, and he is. They they've got to be going into next year in the South. They've got to be amongst the favorites. I mean, they're going to get some votes, right? Yeah, I would think so, and uh, it makes me refer. I recall back when uh, when PK asked uh, Herm essentially, "How are you any different than any other schmucks that have been the head coach here?" Herm didn't react well to that question. I was sitting right there for that one. <laughs> it was a good, strong question. Yeah, but he hit him with it right out of the gate, and <laughs> <laughs> not, first... not the way to warm things up. <laughs> it was our first time talking to Herm, and I don't think he, you know. I don't think he knew what he was getting into when he sat down for a radio interview in Salt Lake City. So, uh, oh, that's funny. But this past year went better, so that's good. Yeah, we'll get uh, we'll get PK's thoughts. Uh, in fact, PK joins us now live from San Antonio. Of course, here I'm six to ten every single morning alongside David James. Hi, PK. Hey guys, how's it going? I got to start this by passing along condolences to you, PK, about your beloved pet that passed away today. I didn't mean to get you choked up here or anything, but I know that that was, it's amazing the feeling that uh, a dog can generate in a family, and uh, Bentley was a big part of all that. Pat, you with us? All right. Having some connection issues already with PK there in San Antonio at at a very awkward moment, might I add. Yeah, well, PK's doing all right. It's never, never a good thing. I probably shouldn't have brought that up. I kind of wondered why you went that direction, talking about leading an interview. You know, you know. well, I wanted to pass along heartfelt feelings. Good, yeah. I know. Well, PK's a good friend of ours. We don't yeah. want him to be uh, hurting. So, uh, hopefully, we'll uh, get reconnected with PK there in San Antonio. Did you uh, Did you see that uh, the the Alamo Bowl honored your good friend Kurt Cragthorpe? Did it? What did they do? They made, uh, I guess they're having some sort of carving station there for the media meal, and it's the Kurt Cragthorpe carving, carving oh, station with That's a picture of, of Kurt there. Oh, all right, I like it. Do you think, uh, you know, when eventually uh, you retire, do you think you'll be honored with, with like a carving station? <laughs> I highly doubt I think we'll that. get the, what, yeah. what would be the appropriate tribute in that way to Gordon Monson when that day uh, comes? 
just just uh the the ice just cream a, a, a good luck how you know have a good life that kind of thing would be fine with the me. the ice cream machine at the jazz game i, I could see that uh, pk I don't, I don't think so pk joins us again and uh pk sorry about those uh technical difficulties let's let's jump right into this uh this alamo bowl um, and I was uh, just teasing Gordon. Well, actually, we were talking about the Kurt Cragthorpe Carving Station. We saw the Alamo Bowl honored Kurt. Have you had Have you had a chance to partake yet? No, I just got here. Uh, so I was just feeling sorry for myself, so I stayed in the hotel most of the day, and I literally just walked into the arena, or yeah, I guess to the stadium with, with the dome. But uh, no, I heard about it because man, they've honored him big time. This is the uh, biggest honoring they've had someone leaving texas since i don't know jfk or something who knows uh pk let's uh, talk a little bit about the game tonight what's what's overall on the line if anything and i heard you talking about this a little bit on your show this morning what overall is on the line for utah is this game really of consequence or is it just kind of an exhibition I think it's a little bit more of an uh, more than an exhibition, but you know the season has already been determined to a good degree. Uh, I just think it's for feeling good. Guys want to feel good. Everybody wants to feel good. So let the seniors go out. Kyle's big on the seniors finding an opportunity. And what I was talking about earlier with Tony and Austin is that this program has had an evolution, right? And you had a bunch of guys who could have gone to the pros last year, but they didn't, and they came back and. They accomplished, you know, about 90% of what they wanted to. Obviously, they didn't get that last 10%. And the cool thing about it is, you know, there were struggles along the way. And this year, they put it all together, basically except for one game. I mean, I know they lost the SC game, but they didn't get smoked in that game. So all these guys came back. All the seniors decided to play in a bowl game when that's somewhat unusual. Not everyone gets ready for the draft, but having everyone stay – who are seniors, obviously Jalen Johnson left, but he was injured and he's a junior. Um, different story. So I think from the pride standpoint and feeling good, you got a long plane ride back to Salt Lake and it's better to celebrate. So top 10 ranking and just some prestige beating Texas in Texas, you know, walking over to the stadium from the downtown Riverwalk area, you know, it's like 25 to one Texas gear to Utah gear, as you would imagine. So I think there's something at stake. PK, uh, do you think the biggest uh, sort of uh, game within the game will be how Utah's, uh, the back end of that defense, holds up with uh, some of its stalwarts uh, absent? Yeah, I I totally think it's all about the passing of Texas. If they can throw the ball in the Utes, the Utes are going to be in trouble. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball in the Utes, but if they can throw the ball in the Utes, it would be a problem. PK, this is kind of a cliche question at this point, but Kyle Whittingham's uh, uh, record in bowl games is so good. What does he What does he do right? What What's the explanation for that in your mind? Uh, I think that uh, everything is the same with him. He is the essence of consistency. Yesterday, I was talking to some Texas media guys, and they were asking me about Kyle, and I because I drove over with them from the hotel and then drove back for the press conference, and so they two or three of them guys work for the Austin, uh, I think it's American Statesman, and they've been there for years, I mean, 30, 40 years. And so they're asking about Kyle. And before I can get out my explanation, they said, he's just really solid, isn't he? And I said, yeah, that's the word I use. He's extremely, I don't know that I've been around a coach who's more solid in what he does and his approach and everything and how consistent he is. 
And I think that's led to success, whether it's game one, 10, or the bowl game, is the things don't change. They've got this plan. They stick to it, sometimes for better or worse. But in the bowl games, except for, what, Boise and then last year when they had a bunch of injuries and guys didn't play, uh, you know, obviously he's been good. So I think it's just the solid nature and the consistency that he brings to the football facility every single day. Peek, I want to circle back on what you were talking about before, sort of the attitude of the Utes going into this game. Obviously, that loss to Oregon really stung them, and it was costly to them and, and their designs on the season and all that. Do you think they've exorcised all that out of them, and now they're prepared to go out and win, or is there a little bit of a drag still? I would like to think so, but I can't guarantee you that. I think we'll know early what the level of emotion is and have they exercised that, as you say. Because that was a butt-kicking, man. There's no other way to describe it. They got just, what, how would you describe it? They just got hammered up and down the field. So I would think that would provide them with motivation, uh, particularly it's, it's an away game. And, you know, I've covered away games for 30 years, and it's always fun to win on the road. And this is basically an, an away game because the crowd is going to be overwhelmingly Texas. And so you have that all for one. Nobody believes in us. Let's pull together and quiet this crowd attitude. And I think that could play to their advantage. PK with us live from San Antonio here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, getting you ready for the Alamo Bowl. Our pregame coverage uh, starts coming up at 4.30, but uh, getting some thoughts from PK. And I heard you talking about you you, um, uh, have been coming around a little bit with uh, giving Texas a little more credit as you've dug into this game a little bit more. Elaborate on that, uh, PK. I heard you talking about it this morning, uh, that Texas may be a little more dangerous than at first glance. Yeah, you know, I don't follow Texas. I usually try to watch that Oklahoma-Texas game because, you know, it's the second week in October, the Red River, Red River shootouts, and one of the essences of uh, college football, and a lot of those rivalries have gone away, and that's maintained, and that's really cool. So other than that, you know, it's just a cursory glance here and there at scores. But, you know, when I got down here and talking to the guys, uh, media guys, telling me that this team is healthy, they've had some issues in the defensive backfield, it's the most healthy they've been since August, they got their tight end back. They got uh, their real tall receiver. The great receiver has got over 100 receptions. He's very small. I think he's like 5'10". But the other guy is, I think Johnson is his name, and he's, he's big, and all these guys are back. And then you look at their losses. You know, one score to LSU, one score to Oklahoma, losing to Baylor. I think they lost to Baylor by 14. I think it was 24-10. And Baylor was ranked obviously in the top 10 most of the year. And they only lost two games, both of which were to Oklahoma. And those were three of their five losses. And uh, those are pretty good losses in a sense. You know, we look at the LSU. We saw what LSU did to Oklahoma. My gosh. I mean, that was two, three months ago that they played them, three months ago. So things change. But, you know, if they get hot and get some momentum, they've got a capable quarterback who I think is going to play in the NFL. Big kid, local kid right there from Austin. So, you know, maybe they could be dangerous, particularly now against a Utah team that is somewhat vulnerable in the secondary. Attend it with what you just said there, PK. Other than score more points, what does Texas have to do to win this game? Well, I mean, it sounds stupid. I know every time you say that, you know, obviously you, you have to score the points. But uh, they can't give Utah short fields. Turnovers always matter. Kyle, covering Kyle all these years, he's just drilled it into our brains. Turnovers, turnovers. Look at the turnover. It's, it's the most important statistic beyond the final score. So they can't be loose with the ball. 
and they're going to have to find a way a little bit to move the ball on the ground because Kyle, historically, if you're one-dimensional, he's pretty good at limiting you. I can't say taking it away, but limiting you. So what can Texas do on the ground? Are they going to be able to have some form of success? And the youth's got to get back to where they were offensively. You know, they were just mashing people for two months. And then against Oregon, they really struggled. Tyler Huntley didn't look at himself. This is the worst game that he's played, obviously, in two years. Because last year, his abbreviated season, he was pretty good. And then he was really he was just sensational for most of this season, if not all of the season, until that, that game. Get Zach Moss going. Get Zach Moss up to 150 yards. And I don't know what the stats are, but when Moss is around the 150-yard mark, this team is really tough to beat. PK, talking to uh, those folks who cover Texas around the Alamo Bowl, as you have, what's the vibe around Tom Herman? Because Texas is one of those programs that have ludicrous expectations because they're yeah. the big team in Texas. And, you know, it's it's hard yeah. to live up to those. And Herman really hasn't specifically this year. What's the vibe around him? No, he had the one decent year last year. Uh, you know, they were down. And they've been, they've been down. They've they not been good or Texas good anyway, if you will, for a number of years. And, you know, it seems like he did the first thing to deflect heat is he fired the defensive coordinator and demoted the offensive coordinator, made him instead of coordinator, I think he's just quarterback's coach now, got in back. And so normally, you know, that's a sign of, okay, uh, things aren't going as well as we need them to go, so I'll get rid of my assistants and chuck them away and deflect the heat. So, yeah, a, a program like this. You know, we've seen some programs where they jump the gun and guys win eight, nine games, and that's not good enough. And I was, I'm certainly I'm talking about Nebraska. And, you know, they don't get it back. And you're like, you're wondering what's going on. Florida State is going through that now. As, you know, obviously Bobby Bowden's been retired for a few years now. And for many years, they had a string of top five finishes, and they haven't come anywhere close to that. They were an abomination today in the Sun Bowl. I was watching a little bit of that uh, before I literally fell asleep. I mean, that was a snooze fest, but good for the Pac-12 getting a win. So, yeah, I think there's some heat, particularly next year. And if Ellinger hasn't, hasn't said specifically that he's coming back, he's their big quarterback. But listening to Herman at the press conference yesterday made it sound like he's already got the evaluation and that Ellinger intends to stay. So you've got a quarterback who's high on all the passing charts. I was looking at their media guide, and it has postseason stats and it has career stats. And basically, out completions, yards per season, uh, touchdowns, you know, in terms of season, it's Colt McCoy, and then it's this kid, Sam. So my point is they're expected to bring in a return, a good quarterback. So for next year, you know, that's the big thing is that this year – this bowl game for Utah is the culmination of a three- to four-year process of all these seniors when they first got here. Texas is talking about using it as a springboard for next season. So there's a little bit of a different philosophy going on between the two teams. Do I understand this correctly, PK? I don't know if you know or not, but the way I understand it is that, that Herman has hired a new offensive and defensive coordinator, yeah. but they won't, they're not participating in this particular game. Is, do I have that right? No. Yeah, I think that's standard in the business. It's something that I don't understand because it really screws the kids. You take, for instance, uh, Arizona State. He fired Herm, fired his offensive coordinator. Well, then he hires the Boise kid, the Boise guy, a guy named Hill, right, as offensive coordinator. Well, he hires them 
hires the guy, and he quits Boise before the Vegas Bowl. And Boise looks like crap in the Vegas Bowl. And this guy's just standing around watching off to the side, watching the Sun Devils go through some routines in their pre-bowl practices. And so those guys, they sit in stands, but they don't come and they don't actively participate in the game plan. It makes no sense to me why they can't just wait until after the season. You know, kids take heat, when it, not so much anymore, but when Christian McCaffrey did it to not play in a bowl game, it was like, oh, my gosh, he's selfish, he's this or that. But these coaches quit on these players before the season ends. The season doesn't end until tonight. These games count, but yet these coaches are gone. No, he hired the offensive guy from uh, the coordinator from uh, Ohio State. And, you know, Herman was at Ohio State, obviously, before he went to Houston to be the head coach. And so, yeah, so you hire your buddies and people you know, and then it leaves other programs and lurches. Now, he fired them. It's not like these guys left to go get other jobs. And Beck, the offense coordinator, is still on the staff. But the new guys, and, and it was funny because yesterday was supposed to be the press conference to talk about the bowl, but really it was the press conference to talk about the new coaches because that was the first time Herman had been in front of the Texas media, and they all wanted to know about the new coordinators. And that's what they spoke about. So it's standard practice for these guys to not be involved in the game plan. I assume they'll be in the stadium. I don't know that, but that's what I assume. PK, enjoy the game tonight, and uh, congratulations on that Sun Devil Sun Bowl victory. Oh, my gosh. It was the highlight of my – well, I have to say with the decade ending, I just got it right under the wire. Definitely (laughs) the highlight of the decade. (laughs) Thanks, PK. All right, see you guys. See you, buddy. Patrick Kinahan uh, covering the game for us tonight. Hear him from 6 to 10 alongside David James every morning right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So do you think there are going to be a lot of points put up on in this game? Uh, we were talking about it yesterday. I, I don't think – I don't see Texas scoring a ton against Utah. Now, the, the secondary thing yeah. gives me a little pause, but I'm going to give Utah's defense the benefit of the doubt. They've got those good receivers like PK was talking about. Yep. I – I don't know. It might be an issue. It it really might. It it might be an issue. But. So you think in the twenties, or you think less than that? Yeah, seventeen to the low twenties, maybe. So you could see a, a game along the lines of twenty-seven, seventeen. Yeah, something like that. Maybe Utah can put up a few more points. I mean, Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss. One more ride, you know. You'd think that that Kyle Whittingham has this down to a science, really, how to or an art, either one. Uh, how to get his team motivated for a bowl game, but I really do wonder about the hangover effect of the of the Pac-12 championship game, and will the because the youths are the better team, They're the better team, but will they play like the better team? The loser, will they be fully engaged? The loser of the Pac-12 title game has, has lost eight a bowl game. eight bowl games in a row. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's not good. No. Uh, all right, Gordon, uh, the big show is going to take a hour-long hiatus. Coming up next, Hanson Frank will get you ready for the Alamo Bowl. Uh, Just Alamo enough Bowl. time for Gordon to get in trouble. Indeed. Uh, the big show will be back at 5.30, and we'll take you to 7 o'clock. So, Gordon, you're going to go, uh, what, what are you going to do, take a couple of laps around the arena? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, I think, uh, maybe some calisthenics. Maybe go shoot some hoops down on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe run some lines. Oh, run some lines. Oh, okay. Geez. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, all right. It is the big show. Stay tuned. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Hanson Frank coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Countless hours practicing. An 82 game regular season. Off the diamond, and he packs it. Three playoff rounds. Rudy Gobert with a left hand hammer. All for one goal. 
a shot at the NBA title. The Big Show has you covered every step of the way. This is The Road to Contention on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Of course, he's one of the newest jazz men. He is Jordan Clarkson with us on The Big Show. First of all, Jordan, welcome to Salt Lake. Thanks for jumping on with us. Oh, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. So give us, hey, your quick first impressions of this uh, this jazz franchise. And I know you haven't spent a ton of time here in Utah yet, but your first uh, impressions of the community as well. Uh, everything's been great. Um, you know, everybody's been very welcoming. Um, you know, just really welcoming with open arms. You know, it's a, it's a really good organization. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, excited to be here and, uh you know, happy to just join this organization and uh, try to help them uh, with their goals. What was your initial reaction when you uh, heard the news that you'd been traded to Utah? Um, I would say not. Well, I wasn't shocked or anything, um, but I was more uh, looking forward to the to the next chapter on uh, what it was coming. Um, I definitely was excited and uh, you know glad to hear that. I was coming to, you know, this organization, and, you know, I've heard great things. Uh, I'm very cool with George Hill, uh, Rodney Hood, and guys like that that came here, especially Kyle Corver. He, he said a lot of good things about the organization. So um, just from what those guys have said uh, about it, you know, I was I was ready to come here and uh, with an open mind and uh, take it all in. Now, Jordan, I uh, on top of doing this afternoon show, I also host the the pre half and post game for the the radio uh, the radio broadcast. So I get to listen to all of your wonderful post game comments uh, after games, and I've noticed something about your comments so far that you really have have made an effort to mention you know fitting into the jazz system and learning and learning what your role is going to be in those sorts of things. How how I guess difficult is that process coming to a new team and wanting to play your game, but at the same time time you know fit in culturally and and systemically in those things as well um man at the end of the day it's still basketball but um you know coming in here it's definitely tough it's a process um you know just got to figure out stuff uh on the on the go and on the fly you know you kind of just throwing into the fire a little bit um but you know i'm i'm listening i'm learning every day you know, all these guys have been talking to me coaches been uh you know, on me, you know, watching film, talking to me, uh, give me a, uh amazing amount of, uh, you know, just insights on how the system works. And, um, you know, everybody's just talking. So it's great to have those guys around um, really helping me, bringing me along. So uh, it's definitely um, a blessing for those guys to, you know, bring me along like that. You mentioned getting thrown into the fire, and uh, you got here. Talk, I, I guess the question is, talk about kind of your first day with the franchise because you got here in the morning, right? And then yeah. uh, had a chance, and then played that night. I mean, it, it was wild, and he played really well too. Yeah, I think I flew in about. Uh, I got in around ten, ten something, uh, the morning. Uh, went straight to physicals. Uh, took a quick nap and uh, grabbed something to eat, and then I was at the arena. Um, lifting and getting ready for a game, so um, it definitely was a, a first time experience. I never done that before, so um, just something that was uh, you know something new. 
just wanted to come out here and, and uh, compete, though. Uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's basketball. And I wanted to go out and help the team win on my first day. Jordan Clarkson is with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, and Jordan, doing this job, sometimes you notice that fans don't appreciate that uh, you guys are people and, and living lives just like us. And uh, I think people would, if if they worked at their job and one day somebody came in and said, hey, guess what? Tomorrow you're going to be working at a different company in a different market, getting to know different people. Good luck. I don't think people would, would handle it quite as well as uh, athletes seem to. But talk about coming into this locker room in specific and meeting new co-workers, if you will, or your new teammates and, and kind of bonding with them when you really have to be productive right away, right? Yeah. Um, it's definitely a, a, a tough situation, but like I said, since I've, since I've been here, since I arrived, you know, everybody's, you know, really welcoming me with open arms. Everybody's talked to me like I've been here for um, a little while and, you know, the, the reception I got from the fans when – um, I got here was was amazing too. So, um, like I said, everybody's just welcoming, and um, you know they all they all want to help, and they know that if we're all on the same page, we're going to do great things here. What have uh, your first, uh, I guess, uh, experiences interacting with Quinn Snyder been like? And has he told you what he expects from you from a role standpoint with this team? Um, he just said to really just you know bring. Every day is just an, a new day for me, so I'm learning each day. Um, but he he didn't specifically say what my role is or anything. He just wanted me to, you know, get everything down, uh, the concepts, so defensively, uh, offensively, um, and just told me to, you know, be myself and, you know, you'll I'll adjust to, you know, the game. So uh, and how they play in the system and everything. So that's all I'm trying to do. I'm coming here. I'm literally trying to learn every day, trying to learn as fast as I can so uh, we can get this thing rolling. Do you know what assistant coach you're going to be working with specifically yet? Um, no, I've been kind of everywhere. But mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Johnny Bryan has been um, really working working with me a lot as well, too. All right, Jordan, uh, before we let you go, uh, when we kind of, you know, have you on for these first types of interviews, uh, we want to get to know you a little bit. Uh, tell us, uh, I guess, a little bit about your background, your family, where you came from, how you uh, arrived here, where you are now. Um, well, I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Um, I went to University of Missouri. Uh, I was drafted by the Lakers, second round. Um, played in LA for a little while. Got moved to Cleveland. Went to the finals with them. Lost to the Warriors. Uh, had a year in Cleveland, and then uh, was shooting up for a game. I uh, got traded to Utah, and I'm excited to be here. So, tell us a little bit, I guess, about your your interests, and then I guess the way I'll ask this is when you're you're killing time on the road and you just need something to do. What's your what's your go to? Like movies, books, video games. What are you into? All I do is I really watch movies uh, the most. Um, just try to catch a good TV show. I just finished watching um, You. It's like a very big show on Netflix right now. I came out with season two, so I finished that in almost uh, like this week. So in a few days, kind of binge watch that. So I got to find another show soon. But that's what I'm really on: movies, uh, TV shows. I like films, so um, 
all that kind of stuff. All right, give us maybe not necessarily your favorite movie, but give us a movie you could watch over and over and over again. Uh, I'm a big uh, Quentin Tarantino fan. Okay. Uh, Martin Scorsese as well, so I'd probably say uh, I would probably go with True Romance uh, from Quentin Tarantino. I think that was a classic movie, and uh, he did a really good job of um, making that movie. I, I, that's one of my favorites. All right, Jordan, we have a show uh, that, that runs a few times a week called The Movie Zone here on the station. And uh, it, they, they do uh, movies and they kind of look at it from a, not like a critic perspective, but, you know, everyday moviegoer kind of perspective. And our, our producer, Austin, hosts that show. What do you, what do you think about Jordan's selection, Austin? What, what do you think? As far as Tarantino's go, that's a, an underrated one. I'm, All right. I'm impressed, Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. A lot of people would say yeah, Pulp no. Fiction or even the the newest one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but uh, True Romance, wow. Yeah, that was, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was really good, too. I liked it. Um, but yeah, True Romance probably, uh, All right. that's like a, a classic for me that I would go to if... Uh, I'll take a girl out on a date or something. <laughs> All right, well, well, you got the movie zone seal of approval, Jordan, so you got that. Uh, my man. Hey, we uh, we certainly appreciate a few minutes. Uh, welcome to town. Happy New Year. And I know a lot of fans out there are really excited to watch you play. All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, Jordan. We'll run that here in about a half hour. All right. Cool. All right. See you, buddy. Just some outs. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. All right. <clears throat> There you go. That was new jazz man Jordan Clarkson and Austin. That that conversation was was a lot of fun. I I've been really impressed with his post game comments. He and you know I didn't feel like asking him like, hey, why do you always say the right thing? But it, it feels like he's been saying all the things you want to hear a new member of the team say, including that conversation right there, by the way. But he's been very complimentary to his teammates, talking about fitting in, talking about uh, learning and learning on the fly, and all very impressive stuff. He's he's obviously a a smart guy with his head on his uh, head on straight. Yeah, I I agree. And someone was asking me in my personal life about Kobe Bryant. I guess sent out a a message on social media when the trade went down, and he, he uh, directed it at Jordan mm-hmm. at his social media page, I should say, and, and just was essentially telling him, "Hey, you don't get to pick this right now. You're not choosing, so just make the best of it." And this person took it as like Kobe was throwing shade towards Utah and the Jazz, but I I didn't see it that way and I know it wasn't meant that way because Kobe talks glowingly of his short time he was with Quinn Snyder and then Clarkson came in at the very end of Kobe there in, in LA and I know that Kobe and him have probably talked about how good a Quinn Snyder coach uh, system could be and so he's probably personally privately telling Jordan hey this is a good spot for you go in do your thing score as much as you can and as many uh, minutes as you get and then see what you can do and uh, I think that Jordan Clarkson is doing that so far we'll see what he does as he gets further acclimated you know the thing with that Kobe thing I don't think that's shade either and I I brought this up with Jordan can you imagine Austin if Scotty G walked down the hall and came in and said hey Austin I've got some news for you Uh, you're going to be producing middays in Omaha uh, starting tomorrow, oh. I, I know you don't know anybody who lives or works there or whatever, but you're 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 on the board tomorrow. You ever smelled Omaha, by the way? <laughs> no, I have oh. not. But but it, the entire like framework of sports is is very un-American. 
Uh, it, it really is. Can you imagine? Like, Jordan, for lack of a better word, was forced to come play for the Utah Jazz. Now, I'm with you. I, I'm sure Kobe's, you know, he's obviously very positive about the experience. But but you know what I mean? You're actually being forced. To, if if you're drafted. That's right. You know? You may, can you You're imagine? assigned a position with a company within a state. Right. You don't get to choose You them. have no say. Now, they're compensated very well for not having a say, so maybe there's a little balance there. But, I mean, just apply your everyday life to some of these situations these athletes go through, and it's like, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing. That would be really hard. Are you saying Karl Marx likes the NBA, Jake? Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I'm saying uh, Karl Marx and uh, Bernard Sanders are, are big fans of the way that sports are run. Comrade Sanders? Comrade Sanders, yeah. Wow, look at us getting political on um, the last day of the year. Hey, why not? 2019's dis, uh, disappearing behind us. That's on not to, an election year. On to 2020. Oh, wait. It is an election uh. year. Lucky us. Lucky us. And uh, that's why we, in all seriousness, isn't that why we love sports? It's just to distract us from all of that. So we will not not talk about Comrade Sanders anymore. Uh, We'll get to some more sports coming up right around the corner. It is The Big Show. Happy New Year, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, and saying goodbye to 2019, Gordon. It's It's been a, you know what, it's been a fun year. It's been fun working with you, my friend. Yeah, it's always a highlight. Uh, see you later, 2019. Kind of crazy. Hey, are you going to be up to speed right off to about 2020? 2020. Seems pretty wild, doesn't it? The, everybody's talking about the roaring 20s. In fact, I heard Austin has to dress up for some party or something like that. You're going to wear wear 20s clothes? And do the the Charleston, yeah. Enjoy that. Yeah. What are those? What were they used to call those dancers? Flappers? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm dressing up as a flapper dancer. Uh, now that would be a sight. If that happens, <laughs> uh, we want photographic evidence. I'm going please. as Daisy. Whitney's going as Gatsby. It'll oh, work out, yeah. hey, hey. Uh, all right. A little F. F. Scott Fitzgerald uh, action for you. you. You like that book? No. Uh, really? Uh, I love that book. I read, I read it when I was in high school, and I wasn't overly uh, bold. I wasn't bowled over by it yeah. back then. If I read it now, maybe I would be. Oh. Could have got to the exciting stuff a lot sooner than the yeah. final page. <laughs> oh, see, so you love that book. I, see, I lean more toward what you're saying, Austin, but I was, wasn't was operating with a fully mature brain at the time when I read it. And then the uh, the movie with Bob Redford and Sam Waterston pretty good. No, it's not. Did, did, yes, it is. Did, what are you talking about? She breaks Leo the window did, did, and then starts drinking her own blood off of her hand. Leo Come DiCaprio on. remade it, didn't he? Yeah, it was a Boz Lerman movie, and I, I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't as good as, as uh, Redford's. Oh, okay. Just my opinion, you know. But oh. anyway, not to get distracted. Austin, you have fun at your party. Thanks. Uh, and if you do dress up like a flapper, please... Please let, let us know. Let, are, are, are you, oh yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. I'll let you guys know yeah. first and foremost. He's gonna do it. Uh, but seriously, uh, Gordon, have yourself a a safe and happy New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and uh, I'll talk to you in 2020, buddy. Same to you. Same to Austin, and same to all our listeners out there. Thanks for listening through the year. We do appreciate it, and we hope you have a fantastic 2020. This has been the Big Show. We'll talk to you next year, right here on 97.5 and 1280 <laughs> The Zone.